Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome to Riffs on Tap, episode number 50, 51, technically. 50 and a half. Yeah, so if you tuned in last week, you may have gotten an update video from us talking about uh, we lost the episode. Like, Like, my computer messed up, it got corrupted, I couldn't open the file, it was just done. So... We did record the the fiftieth episode, and it was a cool episode. Fortunately, I'm gonna see if I can somehow save it, maybe down the future, but it's probably gone. Uh, so this is episode fifty. Welcome, I'm Alejandro, your host, joined as always by Riley. So let's just roll right into it. Right off the top, I gotta talk about the concert I went to. So me and my girlfriend, we went to uh, see uh, Eptic, which uh, was a fantastic show, wonderful show. Um, but I talked about Eptic last week at the end of last week's episode, or yes. episode 49. Um, Eptic and Dylan have a re- very weird relationship. Dylan Francis and Eptic have a lot of songs together. They're all bangers. They're super, super wonderful songs. Um, and Dylan plays out a lot of Eptic music in his mixes and stuff. And I was like, man, it's really, they have a very weird relationship, like just how they do things from a business standpoint. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I wonder if Eptic ghost produced for dylan i have confirmation i talked to the man himself aptic i got to meet him uh he he tweeted out that morning or that afternoon he was like i hate how a lot of y'all aren't showing up for the openers uh and to encourage y'all to get here like i'm gonna be at the merch booth you know to like whatever time come on and say hi yeah so me and my girlfriend went super early we went we got to talk to him and i told him like, dude man you do so much music with dylan like what's the deal with dylan he said Dylan friends him just became really close friends and uh, they write a lot of music together. Uh, they work very closely together. He said he's just, you know, a re- they just have a great relationship. And uh, he also followed up with um, that because uh, Dylan does a lot of uh, interesting things that are a little different for artists. So let's say me and you made a track together and I'm about to put out an album. I want that song to be on my album, especially if it was a popular single that went out. Yes. But you also have an EP coming out and you'd like that song to be on your EP on your project. We can't have it on both. Um, you know, it's difficult if that's an issue. If I only had my album coming out, you'd probably be like, you know what? Like, go ahead. Let's put it out on that. Whatever. Yeah. You can come to an agreement. Every single time Dylan and Eptic have a song together, it always goes on Eptic's project. And he had said that the reason why is Dylan is just a generous guy. He knows that if the song did really well, it'll be great to promote his friend's project by putting it on there. And he just said he was just super generous and nice. And he says he's, he's one of the nicest people in the whole community. And that just made, I told him like, that just made my heart full to know that one of your favorite artists is so wholesome and good. Oh yeah. That's um, always, I feel like that's always the best feeling is when you actually see that the people that you look up to are actually good people. Exactly, and that's why I loved when we saw um, Flatline Cavalry. Is just seeing how wholesome Cleto yeah. um, and Caitlin are. It just like it makes your heart just feel so full because they're just wonderful, nice people. Oh yeah, making amazing art for us. Yeah, well, that's uh, I had the opportunity to sort of meet Cleto. I got a picture with him. I came out after a concert one time. I took the time to sign everything, take pictures with everyone. And I was like, that's cool. And then uh, our buddy Bradley. He got his hat signed by them, and then they got a new member of the band. Uh, so he gave the hat to the uh, drummer, and he was like, hey, can you have him sign this? And they all signed it again. <laughs> they didn't have to do that, but yeah. 
it's always, uh, it's always nice seeing those uh, those people that are actually genuine. That's so awesome. I think I remember you showing the picture. You, I think you posted on on like Snapchat or whatever, because uh, I, I can like in my head um, picture that that picture you're talking yeah. about. Um, oh, that's so cool. That's so awesome when oh, yeah. you get to. Um, I love it when artists just kind of hang around after. Um, you don't see it too often anymore. Uh, artists are becoming more and more of like, I'll pop up right at the beginning. Yeah. If you know me, you know me. The real fans will get me. Uh, but uh, most people won't notice. Yeah. Um, but I remember one time I was uh, went to go see this DJ. His name is Slushy, uh, which I actually just saw him a few months ago, um, uh, surprisingly. And, um, yeah, there was just one time at a show he was uh, – he wasn't the last DJ performing. He was the – the second to last DJ to perform. And after a set, he instantly just hopped down uh, to the front row, right where the, the barricades are and just started taking pictures of people and whatever. And I was like, Hey man, like we got to set up for the next guy. Like you're cutting into his, like, you know, I don't know like how long the setup. I can't remember, but I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I love how you just didn't go back. That you just literally hopped yeah. off the stage and was like, Hey, what's up y'all. And so, uh, it was really nice. So I got to get a video with him and talk to him for a little bit. He was cool. I wish more artists would be like that. I don't understand. I mean, you have to have some appreciation for the fans that, you know, kind of make your career. Uh, I get sometimes it can be very stressful and very difficult, but you got to make time for them. No, I, uh, what's it called? Um, one of the meeting, meeting rates I really, really want to do, and I haven't decided if I'm going to do it or not, is uh, Young Gravy. Yeah. Um, it's like 200 bucks, though. And so I'm like, it, it. you get the meet and greet, but you also get like, uh, first one in the door, so you can be right up front and everything. But I'm like, I don't even know if I want to be up front. Yeah. Uh, I just want to meet the guy. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I appreciate when the artists are just like, yeah, man, I just want to meet fans. I just want to thank y'all. You know, you, you know exactly. You, we're the reason they're able to do what they do. Yeah. I mean, it takes 10 seconds for them, but it's like a lifetime memory for the fan. I mean, I'll have that picture framed on my fridge <laughs> so my kids can see it someday. Oh man, that's um, interesting way for us to start the podcast off this week with um, admiring artists and meeting artists. Yeah, um, I'm actually on a good, uh, good little streak. I feel like uh, I've met uh, quite a few artists recently, like just randomly, luckily, and I'm like, uh, been, a, been a little bit of a hot streak. I think I've only met one. Which one? Cleto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you haven't ran to other? Oh man. No. I get. I guess because I like. Um, I don't know. I'm, some people are familiar with artists and they listen to music and that like, that's it. And, uh, they might not ever like go to their Twitter or Instagram and like, you know, see, you know, what they look like and like other stuff, which is surprising to me. I feel like I know what all the artists I like look like. And I make it a point to be like, who are you? Like, what do you, especially a DJ yeah. just goes behind like a moniker. Um, but yeah, so I always, if I ever go to any artist or comedian show, I am always scanning, looking for them or their people. Cause I just, am like, well, I know they're here. I guess. I mean, we met Trevor Wallace briefly after the, we saw him. So. Oh yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. And then, uh, uh Asan Minaj, is that his last name? No, you're thinking of, um, Hassan, Hassan Minaj, like the, the big time, yeah. like guy we saw this, Hassan like something. Yeah. Um, he was really lit, and then we got to see Michael Blaustein. Yeah, uh, which we just saw him chilling over there, and I was like, "Oh, dude, Patreon gang fucking represent out here." Um, he was super friendly. He's super short too. God, that guy's short. I did meet a guy who is briefly probably the most famous person in the U.S. Uh, Jimmer Fredette. 
I met him oh, at LAX. Right. I, we, we were, I was sitting there with my dad, just waiting for a plane. <laughs> we were sitting across from him, and I was like, hey, dad, I think that's Jimmer. <laughs> my dad was like, who the fuck is Jimmer? And I was like, he's going to be the greatest <laughs> basketball player in the world. Uh, big, big miss by me. <laughs> you know, I thought he was going to be great. but yeah, he's, like, got, he's like a pretty average player in the Russian League, though. Yeah. So that's pretty good. But mm. I went over. <laughs> my dad was like, hey, you Jimmer for debt? Like my son's a big fan. You mind if I get a picture? He's like, yeah, sure. I think he's on his way to the ESPYS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Oh man. Um, no, yeah, like I, I'm scanning. I'm always. That's why, like, I saw a JID that one time. Um, I was just chilling outside. I knew where the artist entrance was. I know where they parked the bus and the go and everything. So I was like, I'll just hang out in this area, and I, I know eventually I'll see someone or something. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yep, there he is. And I just you know said hi, whatever, got a picture with him. Um. But yeah, I'll show you. The next time we go to a concert, I'll be like, all right, this is where the artists, this is where they go in and out of and stuff. And like, you gotta scan. You gotta be scanning. Maybe these pictures we could, could be a, we could, a riff's post. Show you all the, the all artists, these, all the famous people that we've taken pictures with. I think I only have two, but. Oh, yeah, but like, tell you, like, we're real big, you know. We don't just love the music, we love the people. Yeah. That's why we searched them out, we found them. I was so disappointed. The one artist I really wanted to meet um, back, and it was like I think 2016, uh, a DJ named OK. Um, he played this shitty little festival. I don't know if you remember it or not. I think it was 2019, actually. Um, it was this festival here in San Antonio at Six Flags. Uh, it was a music festival. It was like a one-day thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was one of the DJs playing. And I was like, oh, like I enjoyed the show. It was great, fantastic. And I was like, man, I wonder if he just went home or if he's, like, hanging out here at the park. And, uh, yeah, he was tweeting. He's like, it's really fun riding rides with no one's on the rides because people are at the concert. So you get to, the rides are pretty empty. And I was like, holy fuck, he's still here. And I, like, searched and searched and I couldn't find him. You know, which was sad. That's just a sad ending. Yeah, I, I, I know. I hear that. Now I'm sad. Now we have to All right, well, tweet at him. I'm, and- so- so I'm going to go ahead and edit this right now into the part where like, and so I was going to my car yeah. and I was like, damn it, I didn't get to meet OK. Yeah. That guy's crazy. And all of a sudden, who did I park next to? Yeah. It was OK. And uh, he had a flat tire. You helped him fix it. It was when great. You went to dinner. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, he invited me back to San Diego. He said, whenever you're, whenever you're in town, come yeah. by. And so I was like, oh, for and sure. Now, now it's a yearly thing. You always go to San Diego, hang out with him. Yeah, I get, now. I get a Christmas card from him. Yeah, it's awesome. Like. <laughs> How many celebrities do you get Christmas cards from? Um, oh man, I saw I saw a TikTok today. <laughs> it's two roommates, and they were, you know, saying they usually have trouble talking about anything when they're out because they're together twenty four seven. So yeah. they just start making up bullshit stories, <laughs> like improving these long ass fucking very complicated stories. Uh, I think that's something that we should start doing. I. Uh, I actually really like that idea. That's a super fun idea. Yeah. I I have a joke I'm workshopping about that of inserting a really long unnecessary story where it doesn't need to be. Um, there's this house song by John Summit, which if you're a fan of electronic music, please go look up John Summit. I get it. Some people house music may not be your thing. But give him a try. He's he's pretty good. Um, he has a song called In Chicago, and the 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 lyrics are very simple. It's just like. Like guy singing, I'm drunk and I'm high, I'm drunk and I'm high, and then it like builds up eventually. He goes, I'm drunk and I'm high, and I'm in Chicago, and then the fucking beat drops, whatever. And there's a part in the song where he has like a verse actually. He's like, 
It was 6.15 in the morning. I was in the club. I was drunk. And I was high. And I'm in Chicago. And beat drops, whatever. And I was like, man, I would love to insert my own voice in the extended version. Yes. I was just like, it was 6.15 in the morning. IHOP was sounding pretty good. I was thinking about the steak omelet. Ooh, but am I going to get the pancakes and just have a long, rambling, unnecessary yeah. story? And then just suddenly, and then at the end, go, and then I made it back to my apartment in Chicago. I'm just like, oh, it'd be such a funny joke. Uh, now I've said it, someone else will make it. And then I'll it's get copyrighted. Still, we said it, it's copyrighted. And I'll still get to enjoy it, though. <laughs> and it'll be, it'll be a meme on TikTok, and I'll yeah. love it. I think that'd be great. I think there, there's a comedian. I forgot who it is. And if you know who it is, uh, DM us or something, because it's going to kill me now. <laughs> uh, but he has a joke. He was like, it's always weird when a uh, rapper has a verse in like a pop song or something. Cause he's, it's kind of like if uh, just if another poet hopped on a poet's, you know, poem or something. And it was just like, oh, how how is that? And he was like, well, it was great. You know, he's talking about, you know, all this stuff. And then. This other guy joined in and he just starts, you know, he just starts yelling and it, he's like, I was very confused and I felt bad. And then, and then it went right back. And, you know. Oh man, that's, oh, that's a, such a funny way to look at it. I'm curious then, like, is a cypher just like a bunch of poets all came together and were like, all right, guys, this is the backdrop for our masterpiece. Yeah. Everyone submit your best work. We will line you all up. And we will do the show. That's what a cypher, I guess, feels like. All the poets yeah. have come together to co-write one banger. It's always weird when you hear... Because you will hear like certain features and stuff that just have nothing to do with the song. It doesn't make any sense. It's very catchy, but it's just like, where the fuck did that come from? And that I feel like that always happens on popular songs that get re-released with like it'll be like a Lil Nas X Old Town Road and then the remix version, then the version with so and so on hopped on, and then yeah. the version with this and like those are the ones where it's like the, yeah, the verses don't make any sense. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, I gotta get my name on this shit. Like Young Thug's always ready. He's like, Yeah, I can spit a few bars for this. And I was like, on the new like Teletubbies record? Yeah. And he was like, Yeah, I spit a couple bars on that. Yeah, I got you. Got you. Um, but, oh man, yeah, features are weird. Features are weird. weird. It's a weird concept. I mean, I fuck with it sometimes, but just in general, because you didn't, you didn't, the Beatles didn't have any features. Who are they going to feature? They're like, oh, the, the Beatles, Stones. yeah, exactly, featuring the <laughs> Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Mick Jagger and Paul both sing at the same time they harmonize. Like, you, Paul McCartney, I know, in his solo stuff has done some, I think he did a song with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, but it was... You know, it made sense. At the time, they're the two biggest people in music. They write a song together. They record it together. It, that kind of makes sense, but just I feel like there's too many features now to where it's just, I don't know, it seems like a desperate attempt to keep your name out there and keep yourself relevant. So it features for me have always been, uh, okay, I'm worried. I need a name to draw me in like i need something to be like dude i got drake on this track i need a reason for someone to check this project out when they're struggling yeah uh, no one who has a solid body of art of work it you know puts out ten thousand features on it it's usually well, Lil wayne did that 
With he the, did. What was it, the Carter 5? Yeah, there was a ton of features. Yeah. And I feel like the features steal the show at that point. I'm like, you are not taking enough ownership of this record. Yeah. Like, J. Cole put that in an album. There's, like, one feature on there. Because some homie just happened to be there and was like, oh, can I spit a bar on this? And J. Cole was like, wow, that was pretty fire. And you didn't steal my flow. I guess I'll include you on this one track. Because it's always someone you've never heard of, too. Um, and I feel like that's more like that's why I don't like features. Like I feel like another reason why I don't like features is I want just their body of work. Yeah. Them, it's there. That's why I'm listening. I'm not going to listen to Lil Wayne to hear Drake. I got. I want to hear Lil Wayne. I want to hear his his bars. That's what I care about. Yeah, you'd be. I feel like you'd be pissed off if like I know Noah Khan's got his new track coming out tomorrow. Yeah, if he had a feature on there that half the time you're listening to them yeah. and if they're not adding anything you know to the song then it's like whoa you just wasted half this fucking song like, exactly um yeah features are weird now i will take it a step further and this is really technical and this is why sometimes i really feel like this is a music podcast because we can get into the weeds a bit um when you have two artists that are on the track it's not featuring so and so it's just both artists yes like we talked about earlier Eptic and dylan francis um, it's never a Dylan Franchak featuring Eptic or Eptic featuring Dylan Franchak. It's always they co-wrote it together. Um, and um, there in EDM, there are times where you can literally hear which artist did which part. Yeah. Like, you know, this artist always has a certain style on their buildups or a certain sound that's in their drops, and you can pick out that sound. Um, you can go, yeah, this is in their style. EDM is weird because you can really see, like, who co-wrote stuff and who was featured on stuff or did a remix. I guess features also don't happen too much in EDM. It's either y'all co-wrote it or someone did a remix of, of the song. Yeah. There's no like, you know, oh, the Diplo track featuring Valentino Khan. Like featuring another DJ. Like, did the DJ have bars in this or something? Or like, did he just co-write one part of it or something? Um, it's always nice to, when you can kind of hear someone's songwriting or producing in that, I feel like that's how you know you're a true fan. You can listen to a song and say, oh, this is probably written by so-and-so. And no, it was. I 100% agree. And it's not like a, a feel. It's like, um, you know, like it's not like a same genre feel. It's like yeah. a, no, there's a specific way that they've done this instrument. They yeah. love doing the drums this way or something. Uh, yeah, no, I totally feel you. It's really cool when you can, you can notice that, those things. It makes me really feel like I should be doing a music podcast. Maybe we should start one. Dude, we should start a music we've podcast. been talking about this for so long about starting this music podcast and it, it took us and uh we talked about a few episodes ago about yeah. how, like it took like two years of planning and then a year of actual like solid work and then finally like we it happened yeah. um yeah podcasts are crazy they are um i feel like podcasts like for me like They've been like really great lately for me because music, I feel a little lost on finding new music and it sucks. It sucks when I haven't like, I feel like I haven't like discovered any new music. See, it was listening to the same old, same old. I kind of, I felt like that the last few weeks, but then this week has been instrumental for new music for me. I just got into a new uh, playlist and it, it's a new country playlist. Found a bunch of people that are very new. Only, I think... Most of them have maybe one album out, uh, two if you're lucky. But yeah, I just found so much new music this week, and it was fucking great. Um, I feel like I'm back. Dude, that's back, awesome, man. Back to discovering new shit. I have a bunch of new shit in my new shit playlist. So, Dude, I'm super happy for you, man. That's really nice to hear. 
Um, yeah. I do have the song of the summer, though. I, I don't know why. It should start off with that, actually. I have the definitive song of the summer. If it is not the song of the summer, I'm going to be pissed because I will play it for you after. I don't want to play it now just because of copyright. Uh, yeah. Pull it on my phone because I have to look up the name uh, because the name is not in English. Uh, it's in Spanish, but um, let's see here. So it's off of the new Dioro album. Dioro's a DJ. And uh, I, I do not know where he's from. I just know he's Hispanic or, or Latino. And so he put out this, his, a brand new album called El Album. Uh, or it's called Oro. And then on the like cover art, it says El Album, like a little um, loteria yeah. uh, tile. Um, and so the song is Yo Las Pongo. Um, it's uh, featuring Los Toscanes de Tijuana. Uh, which, if you're familiar, remember from us talking about previously, that's the band that uh, they make La Chona, like the most stereotypical Mexican song of all time, and that shit's an absolute banger. This song, 100% song of the summer, it's Tejano music, or it's like Tejano reggaeton EDM feel to it in 2022, which is what we've been missing, and I think what's going to finally cure COVID. Yeah, you think? I think so. This is it. This is the song that's going to cure COVID. It's going to end the pandemic. I'm excited. I got my own uh, country song of the summer. I like it. Let me uh, see what you got. It's uh, actually it's similar Mexican uh, feel. It's called Tequila. Fuck by, yeah. Uh, by uh, Hayden Haddock and John Wolf. Uh, it's just a fun song talking about do, doing dumb shit and blaming it on tequila. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great song. Check it out. Uh, yeah. I'd say that's my, uh, that's my country song of the summer. Hey, Riley, you know where you can check that song out at? Uh, at our playlist, which you can find a link to at riffsontap.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, so all the songs we talk about, they're going to be in that playlist there. Uh, we're always... Uh, I haven't been finding too much new music lately, but I know you have. Oh, I'll be adding some shit. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, yeah, keep an eye on that new music. Cool stuff we're listening to. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really been listening to anything too crazy. Uh, let me take a look here just one more time. I've been listening to a lot of old stuff. And, uh, oh, I got a new car. You did. Uh, so it's got Sirius XM Radio in there. So I've been listening to First Wave because I love 80s New Wave. Yeah. Um, and so I've been listening to a lot of, like, 80s bangers. Uh, the Kazo album finally came out. I don't think we've talked about that yet. He's been working on this album for, like, three years. Uh, it's great. It's bangers front to back. He's I've heard him play a lot of these songs in his live shows. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, cool. This is the name of the song. And it finally came out. Uh, a lot of just bangers. Great album. Uh, definitely 8 out of 10. Like, go check it out for sure. Um, I listened to this one group called Devilish Trio. They're, a, uh, they're three rappers out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, they're... They their names are uh, Ten Gauge Baker and Hydromane. Um, those are what their what their names are. It's um it's rap funk type hybrid. There it's got like a funk uh, beat, and then you know they're kind of uh, more of a chill slower rapping style on it. Uh, it's been pretty good shit, and uh, we're definitely gonna add that to the playlist because I don't know it's kind of a vibe. Oh, yeah. Just driving around. Yeah, I found a I found this band. Uh, they're called the Broken Spokes. Very kind of old school honky tonk music. Uh, just fantastic. So I started listening to more, and then uh, I followed them on Instagram. I got a follow back from them. And yeah, I was that's like, awesome. Holy shit! I mean, they only have like two thousand followers, but I was like, oh, I'm I'm in there. Yeah, you're like day now, one. You're yeah, day we're one. We're gonna be best friends. 
<laughs> I DM'd them. No, I didn't. I should, actually. I got a concert coming up at Green Dance Hall. Maybe I could score some tickets. Oh, dude, that'd be so lit, man. No, you definitely have to hit them up. Um, yeah, like, you know, when are y'all coming back to Texas or um, and all that? And just, oh, I love asking her. That's um, one of the questions I asked Aptic when I met him, too. I was like, um, you know, like, he's one of your, like, first, he's, he's been to Texas before. He was in Lubbock when I saw him the first time. And, but he doesn't really come to Texas too often. So I was like, dude, yeah. like, you know, please come back to Texas and everything. Like, you know, we want you to, to come back to Texas more often. Um, uh, but of course I always have to ask that is, uh, when's new music coming out? Asking a band, like you got new music coming out. Are you working on it with so-and-so you always, that's one of my favorite questions. I got to ask uh, any artist whenever I see them. I feel like two, uh, one artist for sure that we both listen to, to that you don't have to ask when new music's coming out. Charlie Crockett. I mean, it'd be better to ask because he never announces anything, <laughs> but you know he's going to put out at least one album every year, probably two. So that's great. And then Zach Bryan. Uh, so as we know, May, I think May 30th or something, late May, he released a 36-song album. Yeah. Uh, he's Next Friday, he has another EP coming out. It's a nine-song EP, which is very that's long an album. for an EP. Uh, but for him, you know, it's a quarter of his last album. So, uh, but yeah, he's got a new nine song EP coming out next Friday. Just released the first single from it today. I just, it amazes me when these artists can put out so much music because I'm like, the majority of the music is probably not heard by the majority of the audience. Yeah. So like your hardcore fans are going to listen to the hall and be like, wow, that's awesome. And they have their favorite tracks or whatever, but only the main singles are really going to get heard. Yes. Like, which is such a small percentage of the full album. Then I'm like, damn, how the fuck did you come up with 36 songs? How did that take? Yeah. Like, how long did that take you? And then to immediately turn around and put out a nine track EP, which is, that's like the, the length of an album for yeah. most people. I think he probably has, I think he has three albums now and two or three EPs with, uh, I think the first two had nine, uh, had five songs on them, uh, but with pretty much, so we'll say four albums for him, he's probably put out over a hundred songs, which is insane in two, three years. Uh, and he's, it's all written by him. I think his last album only had one cover on it. Uh, it was You Are My Sunshine. Great song. Great song. But just to, I mean, that much original music, it's, unheard of yeah i like it, it amazes me because like rappers will do that too they'll put out four albums in a year and like how the fuck and each one has each one's like at least 30 minutes long and has a handful of tracks on it it's like yeah i, I feel like i'd run into things to talk about come and i know that's coming from someone who has a podcast who our whole thing is just talking about stuff that comes to our head yeah um but like actually writing it down and singing it and, and performing it in a yeah. song is a whole nother thing because you also have to as a uh, an artist you have to write the lyrics you have to do all the instrumental stuff you have to bring everything together make sure it sounds good and a lot of times i would, I would say most of what people write do not even get put on an album like it will probably never get heard they'll just write down lyrics and they'll hate it and they'll throw it away Oh, 100%. I know DJs talk about all the time of all these files. They'll be like, yeah, I just have all these files. Like, that project's never coming out. That's never coming out. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why don't you want to finish it? And I hate it when they'll play it, like on Instagram Live or whatever, and be like, that shit slaps. Please release it. Like, no, I'm actually deleting it right now. And I'll be like, no. Yeah. Um, That's what uh, so with this album that Noah Khan's doing, the 
first single that's coming out tomorrow, Stick Season. Uh, he first played it on Instagram Live like two years ago. Uh, so people for two years have been asking for him to release the song, and finally he's going to release it. Uh, it's a banger, though. Uh, de- definitely recommend checking it out tomorrow. No, for sure. That one's going to get thrown on the playlist pretty yeah. quickly. That uh, that whole album is going to bring me some sadness. I can't <laughs> wait. Um, when uh, Does he have a date for that album? No. But this year, though? This year, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, I don't know. I never know with him. Uh, hopefully, August, I would say. Uh, Interesting. But yeah, okay. got to do a bunch of marketing and stuff for it. So, uh, yeah, I have no fucking idea. Hopefully, August. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I wanted to get a little bit more into um, when did that concert on Sunday? Terrible day for a concert. I shouldn't have done that. I was so tired the next day. Yeah. Um, and um. Went to the concert, got there early, met Eptic, all the cool stuff, whatever. And so we're listening to the opening DJs because that's why we were there. We were like, oh, cool. Support the opening DJs. Make sure to be out there and, like, dance around and, like, be active and stuff. Don't just be a crowd that's motionless. Um, One of the main dudes, like, he was, like, I don't know, the third, you know, or fourth guy before the, the last guy. His name was Prosecute, which, man, that SEO, like, searching that guy, probably real difficult. Yeah. You got to have him prosecute music. And it was like, oh, you're trying to find law cases about yeah. prosecuting music? And I was like, no, I'm looking for prosecute the musician, the artist, the DJ dude. R. Kelly. Um, <laughs> you just got prosecuted. Oh, yeah. That guy got prosecuted. That's probably going to pop up too. You put yeah. prosecute in there. I was like, who was prosecuted again? I was like, oh, R. Kelly. Yes, yes. Um, but um, he, it's hard to explain, but we're listening to Midway Through a set. And me and my girlfriend were there. And I turned to her and I said, his music feels like like it just like it was so loud and like disruptive and it wasn't like oh well that's just the dubstep that's how it is it was like on a physical level like the way it felt because you've been to uh many concerts or concerts where the bass is so strong you feel it yes and this felt and like you hear it it just felt off we really noticed it when the next guy showed up and his music sounded so clean and it's hard to like explain in words what I'm trying to say, but I can picture what you're saying. Yeah. If you could picture like the white noise on a TV screen, that was prosecute and it's just like abrasive and loud and just like, whoa. But then if you could add some color and, and like, make an actual picture that was all the other djs like their music just was clear and it didn't hurt your ears even though it was loud it was just it was pleasant and good you could just enjoy the music and i felt like that was a perfect example of this is a new artist who doesn't understand mixing and mastering compared to someone who whoa they mix and master is really fucking good like you know this is not my jam it's not my favorite song but from a sound quality standpoint it sounds very good um and uh that concert was a good show of like yo you really got to mix and master your shit correctly because it's going to be literally unpleasant yeah uh to I'm listen sure he to turned off a lot of potential fans just with that one performance yeah and it's funny because i listened to some of his music afterwards and was like wow this shit's pretty fucking good now that it's not like literally destroying my eardrums yeah um but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, the science uh, behind sound is, is really crazy, and like 
designing a room for uh, a concert or um, a show like that. Yeah. Because, um, like, the ancient Greeks had, like, just the amphitheaters. And the way they were designed is so that, like, your voice can carry appropriately. So no matter where you sat, you could hear them because, you know, they had no microphones back then. So they had to use natural, you know, acoustics to boost their sound. Sound is crazy. It's very crazy. Uh, and, you know, it makes you respect the uh, ancient Greeks and Romans a little more. You know, still fuck them. But um, <laughs> I guess they, you know, yogurt. That was pretty cool of them to invent. Caesar's, <laughs> Caesar's salad, right? Uh, Caesar's palace. You know. Caesar's palace. Yeah. Little Caesar's. You know. I mean, so many great things that they gave us. Um, but also they were just kind of dick holes, right? Yeah. You know, they, they made people fight to the death. For their entertainment. Yeah. Oh, man. That's too crazy. Um, I mean, could you imagine waking up and, you know, you just have guards at your house and be like, hey, so tomorrow's the day. Uh, you know, you got to entertain us a little bit. Oh, you know, comedy or whatever. You know, am I going to be Jester for a day? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, we got this guy. Uh, you know Russell Crowe? <laughs> yeah. You got to fight him to the death. Like, shitty. What if I do if I don't? Well, if you do, you die. If you yeah. don't, you still die. Yeah. It's so. just, you know, you have a little bit of a better chance of not dying uh, with one of them. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that is so fucked, man. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, fuck them. Also, uh, you know, 4th of July was Monday. Fuck the British, right? Dude, yeah. Uh, did you uh, did you guys do anything for 4th of July? Did you, did you guys do anything? We went out for a little bit. It's kind of dead because it was a Monday, uh, which... You know, I will say, kind of bullshit, you know, uh, Thomas Jefferson did not, you know, come up with the Declaration of Independence and have it signed on the 4th for people to party on the 3rd. I think that's bullshit, un-American. You party on the 4th of July, not before. I don't care if you have work. I'm sure Thomas Jefferson had to get to his day job the next day, fucking owning slaves or whatever, <laughs> right? Fucking... George Washington had a cherry tree to chop down, but that didn't stop him. He signed that on the 4th. You're supposed to party on the 4th. Enough of this bullshit. Third partying. I mean this with, like, no offense at all. This feels like prepared material, but I know this is 100% off the cuff, and that's what makes me appreciate how funny it is. Yeah, none of that. None of that was prepared. So. <laughs> he was like, "I'm going to do this whole speech about Fourth of July," and he's like, "No, he, I don't know." Off the cuff, you are fucking hilarious. Sometimes, thank you. Oh man, <laughs> goes back to his day job owning slaves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he did. <laughs> That's what he did. He did. I mean, That's <laughs> literally probably what he did the next day. July fifth, a boring day. It was another day for Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. July 4th, historic. July 5th, another day. Another day. Just telling people, you know, where to pick the cotton. Whatever the fuck he did. Nah. He was kind of a piece of shit. He's like, he thought he could do their job better than them. Yeah. <laughs> They're even telling him that. I was like, like he's going to do a job better than You yeah. do it then. He was like, well, what am I paying you guys for yeah. then? You're not. You're not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit, my bad guy. No, you, oh, man. I love, oh, man, we were very on sync on that for that joke. Oh, man. Um, man, there was a bunch of other stuff I wanted to get into. Uh, I know sports is kind of uh, crazy right now. Free agency has started for the NBA. Yes. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to talk about or if anything crazy has gone on. Um, I mean, in terms of craziness, I think it's 
settle down until Kevin Durant and Kyrie get traded because they will likely both get traded. Um, probably not together, but and that Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers. Uh, Kevin Durant, I'm gonna predict, goes to the Heat. I think that'd be a good move for him. Um, I don't know. Dejounte Murray got traded. I don't know why the Spurs would do that, but he went to the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to be very good next year. Um, oh, they're they're they were pretty decent last year. I think uh, this is only going to make them better. Yeah. Other than that, there haven't hasn't been too much craziness. Hmm. I think the biggest signing was fucking Jalen Brunson to the Knicks, but that's just because it's the Knicks and they suck and they overpaid for a decent point guard. Um. So July 1st, we also had the soccer free agency kind of start, uh, the summer transfer window. Um, nothing too crazy, especially for Spurs. Um, Tottenham did pick up uh, like a couple new strikers, or one new striker, or like a, a top-notch one, to compete with Son and Kane uh, for the top spot, help like push them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like people were waiting for Robert Lewandowski Figure out where he's going to end up if he's going to go to uh, to Barcelona or if he's going to go to uh, United. Um, then there's also uh, I just saw a rumor today, which it has to be a rumor. There's no way it's true at all. Is um, Ronaldo, who's currently at Manchester United, uh, going to Barcelona? Barcelona, and it go switch sides from Real Madrid to Barcelona and play for both teams. I don't see that happening. I do not. I feel like it's a hundred percent rumor. Uh, I think he's going to sign with the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, he's oh, gonna, man. He's going to pull a, a Zlatan, <laughs> and he's going to come to America, dominate, then close his career back where it started. He's going to go back to United. I uh, I hope Zlatan gives it another go in the Premier League. I think he'd have a really fun time out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't see it happening, sadly. I feel like he's, he's really at the tail end of his career. Oh, yeah. Um, he's what, thirty nine, somewhere around there. I thought it was like thirty five, but I think he's older. Ah, oh, damn, man, Roy went out really early. Roy Kent, that boy, he went out early. He did. He was kind of a pussy. I'm just kidding. I love Roy Kent. Roy Kent's my favorite character in the show. Yeah. Um, which if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, please go watch Ted Lasso. It's quickly becoming one of my most one of my favorite shows. Baton's forty, by the way. Holy shit, that guy's old. Yeah, yeah retire, please. Well, Messi's like forty three, isn't he? No, Messi's like thirty six. How oh, how old is Messi? Look that one up. He's got to be thirties, mid thirties, I would say. No, he's been around the game for a while. He's been in like five World Cups, 30, dog. Thirty five. Thirty five. I mean, he started playing with Barcelona when he was like seventeen years old. So, damn, he's had a long fucking career. Um. Oh, I want to talk about this is a big story yesterday, but I never got a follow up ever from it. Um, that apparently the Big Twelve is in very deep talks about uh, acquiring four schools from the Pac twelve. Yes. Um, I never got a follow up or a confirmation on it, but everyone was talking about that yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I think it, uh, Utah. I know was one of the teams. I think that was the biggest one. Uh, and then there was Arizona, Arizona State. Yes. And then Washington. Yes. Not Washington State, so. but Washington. Which uh, the Pac-12, I think, is about to disband. Because you also have, uh, confirmed now, USC and UCLA leaving to the Big Ten. The Big Ten? Yeah. 
They're going to play teams in the Midwest. They're moving in the 2024. So yeah. think about that. Going from the West Coast to the Midwest to play games. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. From both sides. I, I don't think the move makes sense at all. Uh, but yeah, it's looking like the Pac-12 is uh, going the route of the Big East and they're kind of done. Interesting. Maybe they'll probably stay around, but I, they'll be a group of five team and well, I guess group of six. And now you'll just have power of four. Yeah. It's crazy. The big, I really shouldn't talk shit uh, because the big 12, my favorite conference has a team in Florida and could potentially have a team in Washington, literally yeah. the corners of the country. Yeah. So that fucking whole division is that whole conference is fucked. I think the only only conference that makes regional sense now is the SEC. Yeah. Because I think I mean, the furthest west they have now is, is Texas. Texas. Uh, furthest east would be... What would the furthest east Florida, be? Florida North or South Carolina? South Carolina, probably. Yeah. It's not too far. Georgia. It's also on the coast there. Yeah. Um, so oh man, fo- yeah, the conferences are, are getting crazy, and it's that because a lot of these changes don't go into effect for a while, yeah. So even if things get finalized, it's not like we're going to see a big change uh, this year, it'll be two, three years from now. I think the Texas Oklahoma, I think, is next year. That'll oh man, that's crazy. I and can't believe that actually went through. All the Pac 12 ones that will probably be 2024, but yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see if they try to replace those teams. Uh, you really can't. I mean, USC for sure you cannot replace if you're the Pac-12. That's your biggest money maker. Uh, UCLA for basketball is their biggest money maker. It's gonna be very tough to replace those uh, in those respective sports. Um, yeah, I can't really have Stanford carry you sports wise. That just doesn't work. They're not. <laughs> They're not great at anything anymore since, <laughs> since Andrew Luck left. They've had a shitty football team. Jesus. Uh, Washington State. I don't know. I mean, they're decent. Yeah. They're a team. Good baseball. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking the SEC is doing, I hate the SEC a lot. I've always have. Um, but I will give them props. They're the only conference now who y'all's name makes is makes sense it's still yeah. true to the, the members are true to the name technically and two because you're so smart you didn't put a number in there yes you can't ever get fucked over by that number i the mean big the, 12 could potentially have 16 teams the big 10 now is gonna have 16 yeah doesn't and make fucking sense you need to rename yourself now and you can't just be oh we're the southwest oh wait a minute yeah. our teams are coast to coast corner yeah. to corner we're the coastal league <laughs> coast to coast conference yeah. c triple c here um yeah now well, how the fuck are you gonna name yourself no i mean well you can't really change the name who's in charge of doing the naming i, I don't know idiots cajuns Cages. That's a throwback. Yeah. Um, actually, they call those callbacks in the industry, folks. Um, so a little bit different here. We don't normally talk about this, but I'm gonna jump right in because I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, went to the bookstore the other day. Uh, picked up a book on classical philosophy. Uh, 
Interesting. Um, it basically is, it's literally like the spark notes for philosophy, for philosophy. It just talks about all the different major philosophical works, who they're written by, what do they talk about, why it's important. And the like red what, book in there? Uh, I don't think so. Damn. Um, but I'm just like, wow, it's literally a fucking spark notes for philosophy. It's a great way to pick up on, uh, on philosophy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, cause you, you find, you find, uh, you find life lessons in weird places. Uh, lately, as I'm sure you've probably annoyed by, I find a lot of my life lessons from Ted Lasso. Um, no, I he, think that's a great place to get them. Um, my dad was just wearing his, uh, be a goldfish shirt. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. My girlfriend and I, when we saw that, we were like, oh my God, be a goldfish. Yeah. We'd let the greatest shirt ever. Yeah. <laughs> I told my mom about it and she's like, I'm going to get that shirt now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he put up a be a goldfish sign for his team in their office. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting the word around at the mm-hmm. office at my place and uh, getting people on board with the be a goldfish. So uh, maybe one day someone will actually watch the show and like. I'm curious if when they were writing that scene, if they thought that was going to take off. I'm sure for them it was just such a simple thing to write. It's a very Ted Lasso thing to say. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure they didn't think twice about it, but I feel like that has kind of taken on a life of its own outside of the show. That whole be a goldfish philosophy. It really, that and the other thing I took off was the uh, uh, be curious, not uh, judgmental. Yeah. Uh, which is not an actual quote by, um, I don't even remember who it was. Um and I was like, oh, man, it's not even an actual quote he said. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, those two things really took off. And no, I don't think they had any idea. I, I think there there's so many moments that could have easily taken off. And um, I don't think they thought that one specifically. No. Because uh, I, I quote that show a lot. Uh, one of my favorites I, I really like is um, when Keely's asking Ted, you know, uh, between Panda and Lion. And uh, Jamie comes out and he's like, Jamie, a Panda or a Lion? I was like, oh, why would I want to be a panda or a lion? And I was like, I'm me, coach. Yeah. And Ted goes, uh, son, I, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that answer is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why would you want to be anything else? I was like, I'm, just, I'm me. I'm me. The other line I'll say a lot is I'll say, uh, always it'll be like Roy being like, you're Roy fucking Kent. I just think to myself, I need to hype myself. I was like, I'm Alejandro fucking into my last name. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm like, I'm ready to tackle the day. Um, one one quote I've been saying a lot, or just thinking a lot, is since we've got this fucking, uh, you know, three-month-long heat wave coming through San Antonio, <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, that milk was a bad choice. Oh, man, it's a great line. Anchorman, uh, <laughs> just a classic, such a... I don't know. That's one of my favorite lines from him. Just <laughs> such a weird scene. He's just, you know, all looks homeless, long beard, shaggy <laughs> hair, just chugging milk. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> I just want to know, like, I wish I could be in the writer's room when they came up with that scene because yeah. th- I wonder if it was added last minute or if it was always intended for that scene to, to be right there. Um, but, oh, man. Yeah, milk was a bad choice. Just such a, a great line. Fantastic That line. and uh, when they're in the conference room and uh, got his name, but the boss is, you know, yeah. you know it's, we need to add some diversity in here. Ron, <laughs> do you know what diversity is? I could be wrong, but I believe that, old, uh, that diversity is an old, old wooden ship. 
Oh man, no, Ron. I was like, I don't think we need an old wooden <laughs> ship here yeah. uh, to spice up the ratings. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh man. So I had a thought the other day, and I'm curious to hear your uh, your thoughts on it. We, I think we have touched on this before, but I think I, I just kind of recontextualized the question. Uh, for me, I love doing impressions, uh, even if they're not good. Uh, I have a couple that are pretty decent, but uh, I just love doing them, even if even if it's not good. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, um, like mimic the mimicking thing that we've talked about before. Um, I wonder if it's like an autism thing, like be like you're, you pick up on impression cause you're always mimicking your brain. It's just constantly like, Oh, I'm going to mimic that. I'm going to say the line exactly how they say it. It might be. Yeah. But I know like, cause I won't try to say it exactly how they say it. Most of the time I'll kind of butcher the line. Uh, but I know, I mean, you know me, I like I like to use a lot of comedy quotes. And yeah. Someone will say something and I can kind of squeeze in a quote that fits with the subject. Um, I don't, it might be. Yeah, I'm like, I've always, always been curious about that. Like, because I like, um, I'll get certain lines. Like, we talked about that we get certain lines stuck in our heads. The one I've had from Ted Lasso was uh, uh, when they're doing the first concert, best concert, uh, him and Rebecca. And he was like, first concert, oh, it's got to be the gambler himself. Yeah. Kenny Rogers. Uh, actually had never heard of Kenny Rogers, like, his music before. Oh, he's like, great. Like, I knew who he was, and I was like, oh, yeah, Kenny Rogers. Um, I looked up his music, and I was like, damn, he got bangers for days. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, <laughs> know when to walk away, and know when to run. <laughs> oh, man. And going back to we're talking about how, like, when artists would – collab back in the days it was usually because you're the two biggest artists fuck it we'll make a song together his song with dolly parton that yep. was one of those moments i was into the stream such a great song fantastic fucking song um but um yeah it all comes full circle here yeah. um but not um, just a music podcast we're life i mean it all comes back around you know Dude, exactly. It's, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah. We're going to bend it like Beckham and just like we're going to bend it into your hearts. Exactly. Ted Lasso, the Ted Lasso way. So, okay. So we're going to get into Ted. I'm gonna, I want to get into some Ted Lasso spoilers theories for the season three. If you have not seen Ted Lasso, you should probably just stop listening now and go watch Ted Lasso because you need to because it's a fantastic um show and come back to this point at the 15 minute mark um and come listen to our theories and spoilers about ted lasso so season one a new hope season two uh empire strikes back yes season three i guess has to be return of the jedi yeah where are we going because i get if they like empire strikes back but we have very prequel anakin he's the young boy who no one thought anything of but someone saw talent and 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 uh skill in and it brought them in they become the coach yeah and then just like when anakin becomes a jedi and they think you know oh i have all this power and able to do these things and this and this and, this. and then they eventually turn to the dark side in episode three yes very much how nathan turns to the dark side uh, at the end of season two, Nate next season I think will be a coach for a high level Premier League team, uh, and I think it'll at the end of the season they'll play each other for some trophy. I don't know what it will be, 
but and then Nate will go down uh, with the ship. But I, yeah, I think that's where it's going to go. He leaves the team for a high yeah. level coaching job. Yeah, he goes to West Ham United. Yeah, he plays for Rupert's team, which they set up. Uh, and I, my my mom was the one who pointed out they set that up at the funeral. Yeah, in episode like eleven or twelve or whatever. And uh, Rupert goes and says something to Nathan that you don't see. And Nate's eyes just kind of light up a little bit. And uh, then that was it. They set all that up. And so when Rupert buys West Ham United, it was like, of course Nate's the coach because he set it all up that way to fuck over Rebecca. Um, But here's the thing. Here's how, like I said before, early in the podcast, sometimes we get into the weeds. We're about to go into the weeds if you're willing to. Are you down to get into the weeds? I'm always down to get into the weeds. I love weeds. (laughs) Let's get into the weeds. Um... Okay, they the writers have set up an idea all the way at the beginning of episode one of the series that I think they're shooting to pay off on the final episode, and that is AFC Richmond in their since night since eighteen ninety seven they have not won a major title. Here's the thing: they're just coming off of a promotion. Yeah, the chances that a team gets promoted and wins the title the following year has only, I believe happened one time uh, ever in the like 140 years of history. That's not going to happen. That's too movie moment. Magical. Never not going to happen. That's not the writer smarter than that. The FA cup is another title, another cup What they brought up in the previous season and they have a, they have a throwaway line that seems like a throwaway line, but isn't when they said, Ted asks, can you, as a, one of these non-Premier League teams, these little guys ever won this title? And he says, yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, it's happened eight times. And they're like, but it hasn't happened in 40 years. They've now set up a possibility that a small team like AFC Richmond yeah. can win an FA title. Um, but how do you incorporate your enemy so that you have a, a real story. You have a story of self-development and growth of the team and a story of defeating your enemy, which is the classic storytelling trope. Yes. Um, here are my theories. Sorry, this has been very long-winded. You, The Premier League season is 38 games long. You play every other team two times, once at home, once away. The schedule is the schedule. Sometimes schedules can be set up to where Manchester United and Man City, the two rivals, will play their final game at the very final game of the season, and there's a chance that game could mean something. Yeah. Because in soccer, you win if you win a game, you get three points. If you tie a game, you get one point, and if you lose, you get zero. The goal is to get the most points at the end of the season, and you're the champion. No playoffs. So... Winning a Premier League is just, you just have to win a whole bunch of games and just not lose and shoot for ties. Yeah. Doesn't create for an exciting story because you can still play the team and your rival in the middle of the season and it means nothing. It's just another game. But if the final game happens to be against West Ham and the game happens to mean something, like if you win, you get the Premier League title. If you lose, you get, you know, either second or you chance of relegation again. I don't think they're going to pick that as an idea. Um, but FA Cup, this is why I think it's a tournament. They can be on separate sides of the bracket and they slowly make their way through with it all culminating in the final. And that's your final episode. We fuck the rest. We say fuck the rest of the season. It doesn't matter. And we focus in on the FA Cup as your storyline. 
I'm curious. I think that's a more thoughts. interesting storyline for sure. I think there's a lot more you could do with that. I, I think you could, because each game means a little bit more when you're going through that tournament rather than these regular season games. I feel like most teams aren't even looking at trying to win the Premier League. Obviously, they want to win the Premier League, but a lot of the teams, they're going for these tournaments because it's, I feel like it's more, more notoriety. For the most part, you're probably a middle-of-the-table team anyways. So, yeah, I, I think that's where it goes. Because I don't see Richmond being like this, you know, they're not the best team in the Premier League. They're not going to be. But if you're fighting for that spot in the championship game against your now your ultimate rival, I think that's where you get more stories. I'm very curious, and this is outside of the show, why they picked West Ham. Yeah, I don't know. Because, um, so, one thing I said, we're in the weeds. Um, Richmond is located on the west side of London. Um, West Ham is list is located not in the West, funny enough, uh, but on the East side of London. I wonder if they're doing an East West London Derby type thing. I wonder if the geography played in it at all. Why did they not pick Tottenham, which we know Tottenham is opening, it has been open to working with Ted Lasso's team, the, yeah. the writers and everything. They've been open to work together. Why did they pick um, Tottenham? Why did they pick Arsenal? Why did they pick, why did they, I wonder if there's a significance to West Ham. If they're going to insert a storyline of, ah, of course, Rupert picked West Ham, our Richmond's feared rivals yeah. in the East, and, and they just suddenly have a rival that they've never once talked about. I really hope they don't just write in something that was never that should have been there to begin with the whole time. I mean, maybe it could just be something as simple as, you know, to buy someone like United, it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. West Ham, while they're a good team, not going to be the same as buying you know one of those high-profile teams. Might be something as simple as that. You're right. Uh, I don't know, though. That's a good point. Because also, very smart on the writers. They've never talked about what Rebecca and uh, Rupert do. Like, what did they do before? Yeah. And stuff. So uh, we don't know how much money he has. He, yeah. it feels like he has an unlimited supply of money. Somehow, he's buying and selling clubs like nothing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, very interesting uh, that they picked uh, West Ham United. I wonder if sponsorships have a whole thing because I know they're a Bet three sixty five. Uh, that's their main title sponsor on their kit. Um, that's a, a jersey for you, uh, non English folks. Um. And so I'm like, oh, that that every time they're on screen, that's ad, that's that's uh, advertising for that company. They get double advertising, um, which is kind of nice, yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm very curious where season three is going to go. I hope Roy and Keeley they're still together. But who knows? What if Jamie swoops in and he creates an awkward love triangle for the third season? I'll kill the writers. I don't want to see that. Fuck Jamie. Although he has come around, and I respect him a lot more now. But still, fuck Jamie. I, oh man, I cried so much when him and Roy hugged it out after the incident with his dad. Yeah. Oh man, was that a fucking moment. Oh man. Yeah, I, I really hate Jamie. I think he's a fuck boy. Uh, but he has proven himself to, he really is here for the team. You know, he yeah. learned his lesson and, and you saw glimpses of it in the, and even the first season, he didn't always truly wanted to be that bad guy. You know, he was like, 
Yeah, he just needed someone to put things in perspective for him. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you're right. I am acting bad. And then he would go to try to fix something and go, nah, I'm going to be a bad boy. Fuck it. And so he, he had the glimpses of being a good guy deep down. It just took a while to break away that well, bad kinda guy had that, appeal. That moment of him kind of joining the, the good side when they were all, you know, throwing the shit into the fire. Yep. But that was when Rebecca was still trying to fuck the team over. Uh, so she sold him off. Uh, but yeah, so there was kind of that that uh, that character development there already. And then after that, it was a kind of a complete restart. Yeah, I, I very much agree with you there. That moment was so heartbreaking. Just like, Rebecca, fuck you. Like, you are a bitch. Like, you truly are going to go to any length um, to yeah. fuck over Ted here. Um, and that, that definitely was hard cause I really was on the, on the Jamie train at that point. I was like, yeah, you know what? He's, he's come around. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was one more thing I was going to say about it, uh, before. Oh, that, that's right. Um, the, the writers did kind of have a, uh, a, a mistake. Uh, I, I feel it's a mistake because I feel like it should have been explicitly stated to the viewer. Um, so clearly, um, Ted, uh, gives Jamie that uh, the toy soldier and the letter and everything at the end of the first season. Yeah. And Jamie has like a fuck. Yeah. I, I don't think Ted really did let me go. I think he was telling the truth. Like, you know, it, it was something else, you know, cause he believes that Ted was the one who was like, yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and then Ted and Jamie meet in season two in the first episode or the second or whatever episode. And, uh, they have a heart to heart. And, um, I think they should have explicitly stated that they're cool with each other now because there's still bad blood on one side. Yeah. Like Jamie feels better, but Ted is still like, dude, like what the fuck? Like, come on, man. Uh, I feel like they should have cleared that a little bit. That they're like, okay, there's no more bad blood here. It just, Hey, we can't take you back. Cause we think it's a bad idea for the team. Yeah. Not because uh, I'm still pissed off about the whole move to man city. Um, but, um, Overall, I'm super excited for season three. Um, I hope I want more Roy and more Sam. They're fantastic characters. Very great. Um, and uh, very wholesome. It's going to be a wholesome uh, season. That's for sure. I'm excited. Spread the good vibes. Um, all right. Do you have anything else to add before we start wrapping this guy up here? Uh, listen to Stick Season. Noah Khan out tomorrow. Uh, going to be great. Going to be a bop. Uh, Zach Bryan out next. Friday, uh, he has one single out, Summertime Blues. Check it out. Yeah, other than that, I think that's it. Sweet. Uh, I've got nothing else to add there other than, hey, if you like this episode and you made it this far, hey, thanks so much. We love you a lot. But if you're new here and you liked what you listened to and would like to listen to more, you should head on over to riffsontap.com where you can get links to other episodes so you can we this is episode 50 so there's 49 other episodes for you to go check out and see uh, all the different stuff we've talked about and all the crazy stories and this and that as well as on the website we also have links to our music playlist where we have uh, a playlist of music updated with all the new stuff that we find all the things that we're really listening to we mentioned earlier how we've got a uh, plenty of new music to add to that uh, list which we'll go ahead and get that updated um but yeah if you head on over there you have links to everything uh and where you can find us as well on social media 
Um, but we want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week, uh, which we have a lot more music to talk about, especially the new Noah Khan single. But we thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>